Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Welcome, everyone, to the Future Tech Podcast. My name is Josh Thomas. I'm here with my co-host, Chris Amsler. How's it going, Chris? Good, how are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. And our guest today is Kalpak Gouday from Dynamic Spectrum Alliance. And uh, they are an advocacy for more unlicensed and shared spectrum for broadband. Hello, Kalpak. How are you? Great. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be talking to you. Uh, so... Uh, you know, you're serving a very important purpose here, and and I think that this is something that, for the vast majority of us, kind of takes place behind the scenes a little bit. Uh, could you could you unpack this a little bit for us, and you know, tell us what it is you're advocating for, and and why it's important? Sure. Uh, I think I'll start at the beginning in the sense that Spectrum is a resource that is so critical to our lives on a day to day basis now, but oftentimes we don't even realize. We use our cell phones, we use our Wi-Fi at home, and all of that is riding on spectrum. Uh, We assume that it's there, uh, but the reality is the more we are online, the more higher capacity videos and other things that we are watching and consuming, the more spectrum we need uh, to enable those services. Uh, we're, the, the fact is that spectrum um, is becoming more and more scarce. And part of the reason it's becoming more scarce is the way that we license. We license spectrum today um, on an exclusive basis, oftentimes that we hand um, through auctions or other means, we give one entity the ability to use Spectrum and lock out uh, all others from being able to use it. We think there's a better way to go do that. And we think a shared and unlicensed approach to Spectrum would really unlock a lot of Spectrum and really enable tremendous innovation and uh, and greater service. You know, you're using you're using these uh, uh, these terms quite a bit. And for those of us in our audience that may not be uh, familiar with the terminology and the lingo of this industry, could you just define specifically what spectrum is or what it would mean to someone that's uh, you know may not may not be as aware of the terms? I'll simplify a little bit. Spectrum is the airwaves that we use to send our communication signal. So the cell phone companies are using a, a specific bands of spectrum um, to send and receive their signals. Wi-Fi operates on a different band of spectrum. All wireless services have their own um, spectrum channels, uh, and that's 
that's the critical function or critical input for, for providing all of those services. It's the airwaves, you can say, for, for lack of a better word. You got it. Excellent. And so uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, your who, who's in control of this currently um there's you you said you mentioned that you're licensing this or or this can be licensed who controls those licenses well individual governments around the world control the use of spectrum in their country there is also an international organization called the ITU the International Telecommunication Union part of the United Nations they help uh, in setting up broad rules for operations around the world, government who are members of the ITU, which are effectively all of them, uh, try to use, try to operate consistent with the rules set up by the ITU, but they don't have to. Okay, got it. Uh, and so, take us through what the what the difference is between you know the 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 licensed and unlicensed, and what you know as a normal as a regular consumer, what is what does that really mean to me? What's the difference? What it means to a consumer is effectively, at the end of the day, it translates to cost. Right now, most governments, particularly for broadband services, they sell access to spectrum to large companies. Think of that as being the mobile wireless um, cell phone company. These companies buy at auction spectrum in which to operate their services. Once they buy it at auction, they buy really two things. One, the right to use that spectrum, and two, the right to exclude anyone else from using that spectrum, and that's really important. What we are advocating as an organization when we talk about shared spectrum and dynamic sharing of spectrum is that in some cases there should be no auction at all, that much like Wi-Fi doesn't operate in licensed bands, it operates in unlicensed bands, that people should be able to use that spectrum freely. Much like Wi-Fi, we think there's a tremendous amount of power and demand in enabling that. Secondly, we think that even where there can be license, you can do it in such a way that it still allows that license to um, enable use, but not exclude others from using it um, in a manner that isn't going to interfere with the primary user. I know that's probably a little a little complicated, and I can unpack that too. Uh, one thing that uh, is is important, and, and I think I'm starting to get a picture here uh, that you know, again, I I come back to my own analogy uh, because it's it's what's making sense in my head right now. But there's there's all of these large. Uh, entities that are operating behind the scenes and controlling how information they're controlling the pipelines where information can be sent is that is that right am i am i on the right track here they're controlling how inf information is sent correct okay and so uh what you're wanting to do and the and the reason that this is important is because it takes the control away from the larger organizations and puts it back in the hands of the consumers Right? In the hands of the consumers or in the hands of many more entities. And I can give you an example of this. Uh, in the United States right now, um, there is the FCC opened up a new band of spectrum. It's called um, Consumer Broadband uh, Radio Service um, or Citizens Broadband Radio Service, called CBRS. 
The idea there is create ways to share spectrum between multiple groups of parties and the top tier being incumbent who are currently using the spectrum, but they don't use it very, very much or very often, but they get protected all the time from interference because they are the incumbent. The FCC also created a second tier underneath, which is a license tier. So they took about half that spectrum and said, we're going to make this amount of this spectrum available for people who want certainty that they will have their spectrum if and when they need it. Much like the cell phone companies when they buy spectrum, they have that spectrum available to them. But for the first time, the commission did something really unique. They said, look, we know that people don't use even licenses. They don't use all of their spectrum all of the time. Oftentimes, it's not being utilized. Can't we enable a new group of people to come in and use that spectrum on a opportunistic basis? When it's available, they'll be able to use it for short periods of time and deploy equipment and services around that. Effectively, Wi-Fi. So think of it as you have an incumbent. In, in this case, it's the U.S. military. After them, you have these licensees who can use it when, when they need. And then under that, you can think of it as average consumers or small companies. Um, uh, factories, uh, Starbucks, whoever wants underneath that and using it on a more unlicensed basis like Wi-Fi. Very good. And uh, so, Kalpak, how did you uh, how did you get involved in this? What what was your motivation to become an advocate? So I was working in other areas of, of communications and uh, and spectrum prior to this, oftentimes in the world of licensed spectrum. And I realized that the fights that we're having over spectrum between different types of users and between governments all seem to be focusing on this issue of how scarce spectrum was, that it's just not available. People fight over it. They spend, frankly, billions of dollars sometimes in trying to acquire spectrum, all because spectrum is being scarce. And because of that, I think it constrains innovation um, and opportunities to do more things wirelessly uh, than we could do otherwise. And I was really fascinated by the technology of dynamic sharing, which I think is relatively new, of using things like databases, uh, location identification, um, ways to manage potential interference, all in new ways but to unlock that spectrum uh, and help us to move from this this idea of spectrum scarcity to one of spectrum abundance. And that's one of the things that really just excites me about what we're doing um, at the Dynamic Spectrum Alliance. And what what would you say are some of the some of the challenges that you've faced uh, in in your role here as, as an advocate? I think the biggest challenge is that you have to change a mindset. And this is among uh, companies as well as among regulators and policy people in governments around the world. Everybody is comfortable with this idea of spectrum scarcity. They think of it as being the natural norm, the, uh, that it's almost a, a law of nature. But getting them to think about spectrum differently and the capabilities of a dynamic sharing approach is something that is a, a big challenge, particularly when it comes to the big mobile phone uh, operators who have really built a business around the idea of buying spectrum and 
having exclusive access to it. I think in the long run, a shared approach is going to be not just beneficial to the, to the phone companies, but absolutely essential to them um, as their business changes, as the world changes um, in, in dealing with them. But it is a big challenge at the front end to get folks to to think differently, to think of, of spectrum and, and think of regulatory policy differently. So as we fast forward, uh, you know, one to five years into the future, um, where where do you see this issue going in the next few years? I think the most exciting thing, as I mentioned earlier, is this band called CBRS. The FCC in the United States is the first is the first regulator to really take this idea of dynamic sharing and implement it. It's in the process of being implemented now. We expect the first devices uh, to be rolled out later this year. And I think as that starts showing itself in terms of success and capability, I think it is going to be more and more irresistible to regulators around the world um, to embrace that kind of a spectrum management approach because it is just so powerful that you can make so much more spectrum available um, for broadband. And that is, you know, one of the top issues that virtually every regulator in the world is struggling to deal with. And so we think this is a tremendous um, opportunity for a solution. Kalpak Goudet from Dynamic Spectrum Alliance. Um, Kalpak, tell us how we can learn more about your advocacy program. Our, uh, our website is probably the best place to go. Um, it is dynamic, uh, dynamicspectrumalliance.org. Uh, we have we're an organization made up of really some of the top uh, top companies in Silicon Valley, including Microsoft, Google, Facebook, uh, Broadcom, HP. We also have uh, Amazon is a is a is a new member that we are bringing on as well. Uh, we also have uh, companies like. Comcast, um, in other industry segments, and um, a whole host of companies around the world as well. So we are a global organization um, of like-minded companies that see the benefits of doing things differently with Spectrum. Very good. Uh, so thanks for coming on and sharing that and uh, for shedding a light on a, a topic that affects all of us, but uh, we may not have been aware of it before. Any final words for our audience before we wrap? I think I'd just like to, to thank you for the, uh, the opportunity to share uh, what dynamic sharing is with your audience. I think it really is uh, the future of spectrum management. I think it's one of the most exciting areas in this, uh, uh, in this space. And, and I hope that it's going to be something that, uh, that the average consumer gets a little bit more familiar with going forward, because I, I really think that it has, uh, as you said, sort of behind the scenes, a way to change our lives uh, in a really significant and positive way going forward. Excellent. One more time, Cal Peck today from dynamicspectrumalliance.org. Uh, Thanks very much for joining us, and thank you to our audience. We'll see you next time here on the Future Tech Podcast. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms 
That's bitcoinsuperconference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.